What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we're going to answer a question. You may have asked yourself this question many times before. You may have said this to a coach or a friend or a family member. And that question is three words. Why even bother? How many of you have felt like, why am I even bothering? What am I doing? I'm sacrificing all of these things. I'm trying so hard. I'm pushing. I have this result that I really want, but damn, why bother? I'm not making any progress. I'm giving up my social life. I'm sacrificing foods that I enjoy. I'm embarking on this journey for more. We never actually define what more is, but I want more, more progress, more results. I want to look better. I want to feel better. But all the work that I'm doing, I don't see the results. So why even bother? It's a valid question. I'm going to break that all down for you. Let's, uh, let's get the annoying stuff out of the way real quick. The annoying stuff is we need more people to listen to the show. And you are the ones that can help me. So I'm going to do my part. You do your part. We're in this together. It's all one family. We're a team here. Let's, uh, let's expand this beautiful community, shall we? So the first way to do that is by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. The second way to do that is by sending the episode link to a friend or family member. Trust me that there are a lot of people that need to hear this message. So you just send the link, say, hey, was thinking about you, thought you might enjoy this podcast. And the third way is you take a screenshot of the episode and you post it to your stories on Instagram. And then you tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. We also have a challenge coming up. It's actually right now. Because as I'm recording this, we haven't officially opened the doors, but when this episode drops, the doors will be open to the Neurotype Body Shred Challenge. It's right, strictly body comp focused. It's shameless. We're just trying to get get better. We're trying to look better, feel better, all the things that you want to accomplish. But the most important thing is it's sustainable because it's all based on how your brain works. It's really quite simple. Once we understand your neurotype, once we understand your personality type, then the plan becomes very easy. It's just a matter of will you commit and will you follow through? That's it. It's literally the only question. Will you commit? Will you follow through? If yes, you will get results. We've seen incredible transformations through all of the challenges. And this one's going to be a little bit better because it's a smaller group. Uh, We put it behind a paid wall on purpose because we want to filter out the people that are like, ooh, I just want some free shit, but I'm not, I'm actually going to do anything. Even still, uh, you're going to see incredible progress. Uh, it is the most efficient way to improve your body composition. The goal of this challenge, like we're setting up your nutrition in a way that you're going to lose body fat. You're going to get leaner. We're setting up your training in a way that you're going to maintain the muscle that you have. That's how body recomp happens. You can build muscle, drop fat, right? That's, that's body recomp. Uh, But the easiest way to do it is to focus on a specific goal. So for the next four weeks through the challenge, the goal is you're going to get leaner. Um, You can go to neurotypechallenge.com. The first 100 people get a discount. I don't know where we're at with with signups right now because I'm recording this and the doors have not been open yet. So when this releases, those might be gone. And I apologize if they are. Um, But I've given plenty of notice on, on every single platform. So 
if you missed out on the discount, um, it's okay. You can still jump in. Just know that quick action always gets rewarded. Just remember that for future reference. So it's neurotypechallenge.com, N-E, I don't even know how to spell it, N-E-U-R-O-T-Y-P-E-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E.com. Go get yourself signed up. Uh, if you missed the discount, I apologize. Uh, but we're still going to be giving away incredible prizes, Apple Watches, AirPods, Aura Rings, Air Fryers, uh, whatever you want to win, you have an opportunity to win it. Uh, if you are one of the first 100, you also get entered into a night one $250 prize pool. So you can literally get paid to do this challenge. And then there's the $1,000 cash prize for the, the grand prize for the overall winner of the challenge. And the most important thing at the end of the day is you want results. So if you want results, you got to show up and uh, make it happen. Now, there's one, one quick thing I want to say about your neurotype. And this is going to sound funny, but understanding your personality, understanding your neurotype can be incredibly empowering. On the one hand, it can be the light bulb moment. It can be the key that unlocks everything that you want. It can be that thing, that catalyst that gets you the results that you've been craving for so long, especially if you've tried a number of diets and you've been frustrated that nothing has worked for you, especially if you feel like you're working really hard with nothing to show for it, if you've been frustrated with your lack of progress, understanding your personality, understanding your neurotype can be that catalyst for change. It can be that aha moment. It can be the thing that's been missing for you. However, there is a flip side. The flip side is that understanding your personality type and your neurotype can also be used as an excuse to continue acting like an asshole. I've seen it a number of times, and this is not just specific to neurotyping. This is specific to anything that identifies something about you. Okay, so you take a, an assessment, you take a quiz, you take a test that's like, hey, you're this way. And you're like, oh shit, I am that way. And then you use that as a reason to keep acting that way. But if you keep acting that way and it's not getting you to where you want to be, you have to modify your behavior. So again, it can be the most empowering information ever. Like, I'll give you an example. I'm a type 2A. Type 2A is we procrastinate. We are procrastinators. So knowing that I'm a procrastinator, I could sit here and say, all right, well, I'm just going to use that as an excuse to not take action because I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. That's my label. So I'm just going to fall into that that pattern again, that would be acting like an asshole. I have the key to self-awareness. I have the key to modify my behavior. I know my natural tendencies. Now I can work to improve on that and I can take action and I can do the things that I need to do, or I can allow that to define me and I can continue to act that way and use it as an excuse. It's like people who find out that they, uh, you know, they start to learn more about their metabolism and they're like, oh shit, this makes so much sense. I've been doing so much damage to my metabolism for all these years of chronic dieting, and that's made my metabolism slow down. It's made it more difficult to lose body fat. So that's the reason why I can't lose fat. So I'm just going to hang on to that excuse and I'm not going to do anything about it. Or you can use that as really empowering information and be like, you know what? I did all of this to myself. I can undo all of this. 
I can prime my metabolism and actually set myself up for success because now I know the damaging implications of chronic dieting and starvation and all that stuff, right? So you can either, either use it to excuse your behavior or you can use it to modify your behavior. So the point is, I hope, and, and I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. I'm not here to make decisions for you. All I'm saying is that when you have the awareness, but you're still acting like an asshole, you simply forfeit the right to complain or take up anybody else's time or energy. Now, if you, if you want to sit there and say, like, I am, I know that I'm going to continue to self-sabotage. I'm going to blow myself up. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. I'm aware that I'm doing it and I'm just going to keep doing it but I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to accept that this is the choice that I am making. That is perfectly valid. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you don't then take that and start complaining to other people and saying like, well, nothing works for me. And, um, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you start to waste other people's time and energy because you're the one that's acting like an asshole. I hope that makes sense. Like you can, you can be self-aware right? Like there's people who self-sabotage, people that create problems and then continue to solve the same problem over and over again. There's actually a reason why they do that. Um, you get a dopamine hit when you create, like when you dig yourself a hole and you climb out of it, that creates a massive dopamine response in the brain. So like if you've ever lost and gained and lost and gained, like that creates more dopamine, more of a dopamine response than simply prevention. Okay. So preventing bad shit from happening doesn't create the same dopamine response of allowing bad shit to happen and then crawling out of it. So oftentimes we, we, we sabotage ourselves. We shoot ourselves in the foot because we get that dopamine response and our, and we're very much addicted to our body's own dopamine our brain craves that pleasure response. So when you're like humming along and things are kind of boring and just like slow and steady and consistently working, a lot of times because you're bored, like it's just boring work that is effective. But because you're not getting that, that massive dopamine response, sometimes you blow yourself up. You create a problem and you're like, why did I do that? It's because you were bored and you wanted to create a dopamine response subconsciously. So we have been conditioned in, in so many different areas of our lives to create a problem instead of preventing the problem, like digging ourselves a hole so that we can then fix it because that gives us more of a, a rush than just preventing bad shit from happening. It's like if you were to like throw your back out and you had two, two doctors and the one doctor was like, uh, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do this like elaborate surgery and we're going to, you know, do all these things. Like we're going to put you under, we're going to fix your back. Right. Versus another doctor who's like, Hey, we're going to like, you know, take some aspirin. You're going to rest up. Then I'm going to give you some like strengthening exercises, some mobility work to do. And right. Like the one doctor is the preventative doctor. He's like, we're going to like sleep on it. We're going to let you recover. Then we're going to take preventative measures so that it doesn't happen. Versus the other doctor who's like, I'm just going to pull you out of this hole really quickly with this surgery and we're going to put you under. We're going to fix all these things right now. Our brains immediately get lured in by that 
that that um, surgery, that's like the instant gratification is the word I was looking for. The instant gratification is so much more appealing than the preventative measures. A lot of people bitch and moan about like the you know pharmaceutical industry and it's like big pharma and they're money hungry and they just try to fix symptoms and they don't treat the root cause. Well, yes, that's true, but you make it so easy for them to do that because that's what you gravitate towards. You gravitate towards blowing yourself up and then trying to fix it quickly with some kind of a, an instant gratification versus preventative. It's like, God forbid we talk about the, the, the preventative measures or even celebrate when bad shit doesn't happen. We've been conditioned to go for the dig a ditch, climb out of the ditch, dig a ditch, climb out of the ditch versus let's just prevent the fucking ditch, right? It's so much more effective to take that preventative measure. So that my, my point to all of this is you have to be the one to modify your behavior. You have to be the one that doesn't allow bad shit to happen. It's okay to celebrate when bad shit doesn't happen. We always look at the milestones, the the massive changes, and we think that that's the goal. That's not really the goal. The goal is the the life that you want, right? Like, how do you want to live your life? And I'm going to get into this in a little bit more detail, but use the awareness to empower you. And again, I'm not telling anybody what to do. You don't have to listen to me. And in fact, you probably shouldn't listen to me. You should take what I say, absorb it, let it sit for a little bit, and then decide what to do as an adult to be like, is this me? Does this apply to me? Are there things that I can do that will improve my quality of life and the outcome that I desire? So if you have the self-awareness to say, I'm a procrastinator. This is my personality type. This is my neurotype. These are my tendencies. This is what I did to my metabolism. Use that to modify your behavior from the place of empowerment versus using it as an excuse, as, an, as a label. Um, if you want to self-sabotage yourself because it creates the dopamine response and that's the pattern that you're going to continue, then simply don't complain that you're not where you want to be. Just allow that to be your, your norm. Like, that's okay. That's what you've decided right? It's important to remember this. Nobody gives a shit if you look better except for you. You're the only one that cares. Nobody cares except for you. Your goals are decided by you. This is all a choice. Nobody's forcing you to do anything, okay? So take that, let it sit, marinate on that for a second, and then decide do I want to modify my behavior to move closer to what I want? Not more, but closer to what I want. Or do I want to continue to create this dopamine response by creating problems, solving problems, creating problems, solving problems, spinning my wheels, never actually getting anywhere? If you choose that, that is your prerogative. You just don't have the right to complain or to waste anybody else's time or energy by saying that you're not where you want to be and, and trying to point at external circumstances. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, use it for good and, and make the decision that best aligns with what you truly want because it's your choice. 
So what do we do when we are trying really hard and we're not making progress? Now, this is, this is the why bother, why even bother conversation. So a lot of times we put ourselves in a position where we're making all of these major sacrifices. Now, this is not um, your fault. This is typically how people were taught to diet. We were taught that you have to eat very little. We were taught that you have to do a lot of cardio and exercise your face off in order to lose weight. This is, you know, how all diets are structured. Any program that you look, any program that has a name, essentially, any program that's like a name diet, um, whatever it may be, Whole30, Keto, Paleo, Carnivore, Octavia, whatever it is, they're all structured the same way. Eat less, move more. And there's a lot of things that you have to sacrifice along the way. So if you're trying really hard and you're not making progress and you're, you're sacrificing all of these things, you might say to yourself, why am I doing this? And it's a valid question. Why, why even bother? Or you might be like, you know what? I was, I was out last night with some friends and I really wanted to drink and I really wanted to eat all of this food, but I didn't because I have this, this goal that I'm trying to achieve. So I said, no, I didn't drink. My friends made fun of me. And then they all got dessert and I didn't have any dessert and they all made fun of me again. And then the next morning I stepped on the scale and the scale was up. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why am I doing this? Why am I sacrificing drinks with friends and dessert with friends? And I take all this shit from them and then my the scale's up anyway. So there's so many things to unpack here. There's so many things that are wrong with that. Uh, the first is if you're trying, if you're, the process that you're using to accomplish your goal, if you're not doing something that suits the life that you want, then it's not worth doing. But here's the problem. Most people don't know what they truly desire. So that's problem number one. Because if they did, they would never try any of those bullshit diets. Like If you actually knew what you truly wanted, you would never sign up for a program like Optavia um, or whatever the fuck else, Whole30 or any of the other bullshit programs out there. Um, some three-letter programs out there that, that we could talk about. Um, because think about it. If you're like, yeah, but I really want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, great. So if I told you that you can have 20 pounds down right now, but you can never drink again, you can never have carbs again, you can never go out with your friends again, you can never eat dessert again. Like, are you taking that? Of course not. Because you know that your quality of life is important. So there are other things outside of just 20 pounds down that you desire. You have to know what those things are. The 20 pounds represents something. There's a life that you want to live. There's, there's freedom that you want. There's a social life that you want to have. There's things that are important to you. Last night, Mel and I went out to dinner together. We got sushi. We had a drink. We're both dieting right now. We are both making progress dieting. Yes, we have to make sacrifices through the process. However, we also know that the life that we desire includes quality time together. And we like to eat together. We like to drink together. We like to spend time. So we do date night whenever we can regardless of what we're doing with our diet. If we're in a you know, maintenance phase or dieting phase or whatever it may be, but right now, both of us happen to be in a dieting phase, but we still went out. We got some delicious sushi. 
We both had a drink. There's a little bit of a sacrifice because normally we would probably have two or three drinks, but we just had one, but we still had the full experience because that's the life that we want. Now we're making small sacrifices through the dieting phase, but we still have the core things that we both desire out of life, quality time together. We're not sacrificing the core desire. So when people go out and they start making these crazy sacrifices and they start trying these crazy protocols, they're doing it at the cost of what they want. And then if you are successful, quote unquote, successful that way, you've now married yourself to that protocol, which is not what you want because what you did to attain it is what you have to do to sustain it. So you're basically marrying misery in that, in that circumstance. But that's the first thing. If you knew what you truly wanted, like the 20 pounds, you're not going to take 20 pounds down at, at the sacrifice of your mental health, emotional health, social health, all of these things, right? You're not going to sacrifice those things. So why don't you think about what you actually want? What does the 20 pounds represent? I'm just using that as an example. Um, here's the other issue with that. When you make those major sacrifices, like oh, I went out with friends and I didn't drink and I didn't eat anything and the scale didn't change, you are directly connecting that situation to an immediate outcome, number one. Not only that, but the outcome is a snapshot in time. So the scale the next day is one snapshot in time, which tells you nothing of value, literally nothing of value. There is serious danger in snapshots. When you look at a snapshot in time, that should not inform behavior and it should not inform the, it should not be an indicator of the decisions that you made, whether they were good or bad, right? Just because that outcome snapshot in time happened, that doesn't mean that the behavior that preceded it was good or bad. So an example of, of why snapshot, a snapshot is so dangerous to judge is because let's say that I was like, Hey, there's this, there's this brand new investment strategy. And there's this guy, he has $10 million in his bank account. He just released, um, he's been testing this new investment strategy. And right now he has $10 million in his bank account. We should probably all go pour our money into this investment strategy. However, if the investment strategy took him from 50 million to 10 million versus 1 million to 10 million, those are very different situations. It's the same snapshot. The 10 million is the same snapshot in time. But if we're just making that decision based off of one snapshot, it, it's, it's completely worthless. It's like somebody gets blood work done and you have a, a marker that's, that's out of range, right? Let's say somebody's overweight and they have a, a blood marker that's out of range. And the doctor's like, hey, you should modify your behavior because this blood marker is out of range. That could be the worst possible decision for that person. Because what if cumulatively the rolling average over time was trending in the right direction? What if this person had already lost 20 pounds and that blood marker went from very out of range to just a little bit out of range, but the doctor was like, hey, based off of this snapshot in time, you should modify your behavior. No, that person should keep doing what the fuck they're doing because it's working. 
That's why we can't just look at one snapshot. We have to look at the rolling averages and the cumulative effect over time. So when you make these decisions and then you're like, oh shit, the scale was up. I should, you know, why am I even doing these things? Well, first of all, the reason that you're doing those things is because you decided to. So own your fucking shit. You decided to do those things. Okay. Nobody forced you to do that. You made that decision. Now, if you made those decisions because you were hoping that the snapshot in time the next day was going to show you that you made the right decisions, then you have to rethink why you're doing this. If you're living in a place of instant gratification for the next morning, then that's called acting like an asshole. Okay. I should probably just rename this podcast rules for not acting like an asshole. This is a guide to life, how to not act like an asshole. But it's true. If you are making those decisions yourself, and then you're basing the validity of those decisions on what the snapshot in time says the next day, that's acting like an asshole. Now, when you another issue with this that I have is when you're trying really hard and you're not making progress, you're probably being too rigid. And rigidity in a plan is almost a guarantee a guaranteed failure. You're decreasing your probability of success when you try to be really rigid. Um, it's like if you were to, let's say you had a bunch of athletes, right? And these athletes were all going to compete against each other. Pick your sport. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is. Um, and let's say all of these athletes were, let's just say it's the Olympics. Okay. We have all these Olympians that are going to compete against each other. And there's, there's 10 of them right? Nine of them have the most rigid, detailed, structured plan in the world. Everything has to be perfectly aligned. They wake up at 5 a.m. They stretch at 5.15. They hydrate at 5.30. They do some routine at six, right? Like they have this entire plan, like diligently mapped out. It's very rigid. It's very structured. Then there's the 10th athlete, who knows that unexpected shit can come up and is prepared for what those unexpected events might be. So they don't have the perfect routine. They simply have things that they know they need to get done, but it's just a few things. It's like they know these are the big rocks and there's only a few of these big rocks that I need to get done, but this allows me some adaptability in case shit happens. Whereas, so who has the advantage there? The other nine athletes are banking on every single thing being perfectly aligned in order for them to be successful. Whereas the one athlete is like, I know that life happens. So I'm going to prepare and I'm going to just set these big rocks that I know I need to get done. But regardless of what happens with my schedule, I know that I can handle the unexpected. So now what happens when all 10 athletes are like getting picked up and the bus is 30 minutes late and part of their routine is now completely thrown off because it was slightly off 
their very diligent, rigid plan is now 30 minutes off schedule. And now they're all panicked because they were banking on everything being perfect. And that's going to throw them off mentally and physically. And the one athlete who was prepared for the unexpected, who only needed a few things to go right, that person wins. This is the same thing when you're setting up your nutrition. When you're like, I need all of these things to go right in order for me to be successful, you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to set up for the unexpected. You have to plan for randomness. You have to understand that the fewer things, the fewer things that you need to go right in order to move forward, the better off you'll be. If you just need like two to three things, what are the big rocks, the two to three things? And those are the only things that I need to do. That's it. That's the mindset. You will be successful that way. The more things you add that need to go right, the less likely you are to be successful. So I think at the end of the day, it comes down to this. Why bother? Because this is your choice. You've decided to bother. You've decided that this is what you want. Nobody forced that upon you. So if you're going to be the one that makes the decision and chooses to embark on this journey, you also have to be the one to understand what you want out of life. You have to be the one that makes the decision that says, I'm doing this for the lifestyle. Like when you picture yourself, and, and I'm sure a lot of you missed the uh, assignment. I can't remember what episode it was, but I had, um, I talked about like mapping out the perfect day for you. Like literally from the time that you wake up to the time you go to sleep, what is the perfect day? Not what society tells you the perfect day should be, not what your friends or family tells you the perfect day should be. I'm talking about the perfect day for you, like what you do when you wake up all throughout the day. What does that look like? What are the most, like, what are the things that you truly desire out of your day? And when you do that, you start to understand the things that you're not willing to sacrifice. And it helps you make decisions that are deployed against your core desires, not just what is the scale going to say the next day? But what, what you actually want, what do you want out of life? Like when I'm helping other coaches and other business owners work through this, I'm like, what do you want out of your business? And they, without fail, they always throw out a number and it's the most arbitrary number. And I'm like, okay, great. So if I gave you, let's just say it's a million dollars. I'm like, Hey, if I gave you a million dollars, but you can never see your wife or kids again, are you taking that? And they're like, of course not. Like, oh, but I thought that's all you wanted out of your business. There's all of this other stuff that's swirling around in their head that they haven't communicated, that they haven't put down on paper, that they actually haven't addressed. So they're just making random decisions and then they wonder why they're burnt out. They wonder why they're stuck. Here's the thing we have to remember about communication. Um, there was this really cool study done in uh, 1990 and uh, it was done at Stanford. It was a psychologist by the name of Elizabeth. Thomas, I believe. Um, I'm going to have to fact check myself. I know it's Elizabeth, Elizabeth something, Elizabeth Thomas, I'm going to say. Um, you can look it up though. It was done in 1990 at, at Stanford and uh, it was all about uh, communication. It was a fasc fascinating dissertation about how we think we communicate versus how we actually communicate. Um, so what she did was she had two groups of people. She labeled one tappers and la labeled, <laughs> labeled one listeners. So the tappers 
got this list of 25 really popular songs, um, songs like Happy Birthday and the Star Spangled Banner and like some pretty obvious songs that everybody would know. Um, and the listener's job was to obviously listen. So the tappers would, would look through the list of songs. They would pick the one that they felt most confident tapping the tune on a table to the listener. So they'd be like, oh, I'm really confident tapping happy birthday to you. I am going to tap that on the table and this listener is going to guess the song. So they would do the tapping. They were instructed to then guess the percentage likelihood that the listener would guess the tune. So they did their little thing. They tap, tap, tap. And then they had to report and say, I think the listener has a blank percent chance of guessing this. The average was 50%. So after tapping, the average guess from the tappers was 50%. Like I think about 50%. The actual result of listeners that got it correct was 2.5%, meaning we grossly overestimate how effective we are at communicating something. And here's why. This was the cool part of the study. Um, the psychologist that ran the study identified different behavior patterns that were happening throughout the process. And the tappers were so confident, they would have these looks of shock and awe that the listener could not guess this tune. And the listeners would have this face of straight confusion and frustration of like, what the fuck are you tapping? And the tappers are like, how can you not guess this? Because here's, here's what we forget. The tappers had all of this other information in their head that the listeners weren't privy to. They knew the title of the song. They have the tune in their head. So as they're tapping, they're like singing along in their mind where the listener simply hears like, this botched up Morse code that it sounds like nonsense. So of, of course, the, lit, the tappers are like, how can you not get this? Because they had so much information, context, that the listeners didn't have. But we forget that. So when I ask somebody, hey, what do you want with your business? Or when I ask you, what do you want with your results? And you just give me a number. There's all this other shit that's in your mind that you haven't verbalize that you haven't put down on paper. Because then when I say that, like, you know, I talk to a business owner, I talk to a coach, like, what do you want with your coaching business? Like a million dollars. Like, great. Okay. I give you a million dollars, but you work 20 hours a day. You only sleep four hours a day. You can't work out anymore. Um, and you can't see your family very much. Are you taking the million? Like, no, like, great. So there's a lot of context in there. You're tapping and I can only hear your tapping. But there's a lot of shit going on in your mind that you're not communicating. So let's get that out. So that's the first thing. You're, the number represents something. When you think about your perfect day, what do you want out of life? What does that look like for you? That's, that's your why bother. That's your answer to the why bother, bother because there's stuff in there that 20 pounds represents. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's the relationship with your kids setting a better example for them, the relationship with your spouse, your partner, there's something that it represents. And it's a lifestyle. It's the person that you want to become. And it's the life that you want to live. It's not simply the result. Even if you're somebody that's like, look, I just aesthetically, I just want to look better. 
There's nothing wrong with that, but looking better still represents something. There's a reason why you want to look better. There always is a reason why you want that thing. It's not just, okay, now I look better, but if I had to sacrifice all of these things, like there's something that you're associating that with. Maybe it's more confidence. Maybe it's wearing a certain style of clothing that you haven't felt confident wearing. Maybe it's just, you know, whatever, whatever else you're associating that with. Some people might think, you know, better energy. Some people might think better sex life. Some people might think I'll be more attractive to the, you know, to whoever you're, you're attracted to like that. There's always this other stuff that's swirling around and we have to identify it because that's your why bother. So it's not about the result. It's not about the end game. It's about the lifestyle and the person that you've created, that you become and the lifestyle that you create to get there. You become more process focused. You become less outcome focused. You start thinking about the things that truly matter. You stop making ridiculous compromises with yourself and doing programs that are asinine, that are diametrically opposed to what you truly want. That's how you catch yourself. And if you don't modify your behavior and you continue sabotaging yourself, then you have to just own it. Own that that's your reality, that that's what you're choosing to do. And don't complain about not being where you want to be. And don't waste other people's time and energy. So I know it comes across as harsh sometimes, but and again, my, my point here is not to, it's not to force anybody into anything. It's literally just to highlight something that may trigger something inside of you to be like, you know what? It's my behavior that needs to change. It's very rarely the plan. Um, you know, especially when when we're working with clients, it's very rarely the plan that needs to change. It's more the the behavior that needs to be modified. Right. And and a lot of times we have to simplify things first because most people come to us trying all this complicated nonsense and making things way more difficult than they need to be. So we actually simplify quite a bit. We're like, look, we're just going to focus on the big rocks. We're going to, we're going to set you up where only a couple things need to go right for you to be successful. Like it's, it's unreasonable to assume that you won't be successful if you just do these few things. And if that isn't working, it's very rarely the plan that needs to change. It's usually just the behavior that needs to be modified. Um, so going into like your, your health mindset, going into the things that you truly desire, there's, there's ways that you establish, um, you know, kind of your, your anchors, your big rocks, your, your priorities. We can look at, you know, your nutrition obviously plays a role. We look at your, your training. This is another situation where, if you're trying to train five days a week and you're coming up short and you're getting frustrated, but the same results could be achieved with three days a week, why are we striving for more? How does that make sense? That, that's a situation where you're just doing more for the sake of doing more. If three will be effective and five, you're not able to stick with, like, why are we trying to do that? Um, that's why like one of the most simplest forms of consistency when it comes to to behavior modification, I've come full circle on this. I think that a a supplement routine helps you 
stay in that behavior mindset in terms of like sticking with habit and not, and like, it's boring, right? And it's not instant gratification, which I think that's a good thing. I almost think it's a good thing that supplements don't move the needle very much because it's a low barrier. Anyone can do it. It doesn't move the needle all that much and it's boring. So it's almost like a litmus test of like, are you going to get impatient and blow yourself up or can you actually stick with this? Uh, one of the things that, that we are releasing is our own supplement line based off of personality type to keep you from blowing yourself up. It's like the, the, any way that we can optimize the way that you feel, like your mood, your energy, your motivation, your recovery, sleep, all those things. Like If we can optimize your brain, then we're going to put you in the best position to thrive. But from just from like a behavior standpoint, I love the fact that it's low barrier consistency and it's boring and it doesn't move the needle all that much. I think it actually plays really well to an overall healthy lifestyle. And then we just layer you know, things onto that. So um, the cool part that I think about our supplements, it's very neurotype specific and it doesn't overlap with, like I talk a lot about Organifi. I think that from a like getting the vitamins and minerals that you need from a like veggie insurance policy. I think Organifi is the best in the business, which is why they're the only other company that I talk about from a supplement standpoint. Their greens juice is amazing. I'm going to be traveling with that tonight. Um, their red juice is amazing. Their gold juice, their immunity, their digestive enzymes, they have great products, but it complements what we're doing because we're not focused on the vitamins, minerals, veggie, like that type of side, we're focused more on the neurotyping side of things. Like how can we optimize your brain chemistry um, so that you feel your best and perform your best and recover more effectively? Whereas they're like, let's, let's get you all of the you know, vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that you need. So it's kind of a cool uh, synergistic approach. And, and we don't have any information about ours just yet, but I'm kind of more talking about my thought process behind it, which has been a, a massive undertaking. It's been just insane. Um, so for right now, um, you can't get that, but you can get Organifi and you can get 20% off all of their products by going to Organifi.com slash popfam. Um, it's actually spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash popfam, P-O-P-F-A-M. You can enter code popfam at checkout to uh, get 20% off. Um, I highly recommend their green juice because that's like the insurance policy. Wake up every day, take their greens juice. That is a way to start your day where you're, you're beginning with a quality habit. You're getting in water. You're getting in a bunch of nutrients. You're, it's like your insurance policy for your veggies. But it's just a, a, a boring habit that's not going to, you're not going to get the instant gratification but it's helping you to move your behavior closer to the lifestyle that you want. Assuming, this is an assumption, that you want to be healthier, that you want to be more fit, that you want to feel better, look better, and all of those things. So go to Organifi.com slash PopFam, enter code PopFam at checkout, get yourself 20% off. But at the end of the day, the why bother is because you chose this. And you get to choose if you want to continue doing this. 
right? Like I said, nobody is forcing you to change. Nobody is telling you that you have to be anything other than what you are right now. So if you decide that you don't want to look any different, that's your choice and nobody cares. I think a lot of times people catch flack when they start pursuing a healthier lifestyle. Like my, my spouse doesn't get it. My friends don't get it. Here's the thing. They shouldn't get it until you communicate it. Be an adult and communicate those things. Because here's the reality. If you were doing one thing, like your behavior was moving you in one direction, and then you decided that you wanted to modify your behavior and move it in another direction, people that are close to you should recognize that behavior change. If they care about you, they should notice that behavior change. But remember, there's all of this stuff that's going on in your head. All they hear is random tapping. They just see the behavior change. They don't know the context behind it. Be an adult and communicate it with them. Hey, here's why I'm doing this. This is why it's important to me. This is the lifestyle that I want to live. These are the things that I want to have in my life. Now, all of a sudden, the behavior change isn't so weird anymore. They're like, that's amazing. Good for you for going after what you truly want. See how simple that is? When you get the, the crazy looks from, you're like, oh, my partner doesn't get it. Is it that they don't get it? Or did they just notice a behavior change that you haven't explained and you are singing the tune in your head, but you're not saying it out loud? Something to consider. So this was a long-winded explanation of why you should bother. Why bother? Because you chose to bother. Because you should know why. Like, What do you actually want? Take the time to outline your perfect day. Very few people will do this exercise. Write it down from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. What do you want your perfect day to look like? And then identify those things that are really important to you. And then make decisions deployed against those things. Here's a, here's a real quick, and then I'll wrap up, I promise. Let's just say your perfect day has you picking up your kids at 4 p.m. and helping them with their homework. And that's your perfect day. And then you get an opportunity. You're like, man, should I take this opportunity? Does this opportunity interfere with you picking up your kids at 4 p.m. and helping them with their homework? If yes, then the answer should be no to that opportunity. See how that works? But have you ever identified what you actually want out of life? Or do you just keep pursuing more? More weight loss, more results, more, more, more. And then you, then you blow yourself up again. You get that dopamine hit. You create another problem so you can create another solution. Just think about it. Don't try to solve it right away. Just let these things marinate and then decide how you want to proceed. So last chance, guys, um, in terms of action, neurotypechallenge.com, go get yourself registered. You will see very quickly the impact that it can have when it comes from a place of empowerment. If you're going to use what you learn through the process as an excuse to continue doing the same shit that you've always done, please don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Just own it. Don't complain that you're not where you want to be. Just own it. If you're ready to use this as a tool for empowerment, 
for change, for behavior modification to get closer to what you want, then absolutely go sign up. Neurotypechallenge.com. As always, I appreciate you guys for dealing with my rants and rambles. Hopefully there's some value in there. If there is, you can always let me know about it. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you guys very soon.